it's that time again. Time again for the Wyoming Cowboy Roundtable. First one for 2017. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. I'm joined by Ian McMacken, publisher of Go Wild Go. And there we have it. We're starting off the 2017 season, and I uh, want to welcome uh, Ian and my guests. All right, thanks a lot, guys. That's the studio audience there. All right, guys. Uh, Ian, uh, first of all, happy 2017 Wyoming Cowboy football. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Jeff. I'm really looking forward to this upcoming season and uh, this this podcast. Well, uh, we had a pretty good year, pretty good run, but this is a roundtable, which means that we're bringing in Wyoming fans and uh, posters from the board. Let me first introduce uh, Doug Freeze. He's coming to us from uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Doug, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks for inviting me, and I'm so looking forward to this season so that uh, Ian can treat me one of those beers at an opening day game, and then after the Oregon game, I'm going to come visit you and enjoy one with you at the Crystal City Pub. All right, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we got to get that thing going. Now, uh, joining us from Cheyenne, Wyoming, is Jared Newland. How you doing, Jared? Good, Jeff. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine, and... Uh, I'm uh, like I told you a little bit earlier. I'm coming out to Wyoming to see the eclipse. So I want you guys to keep the clouds away and and get that thing going because I've I've seen the weather reports and they kind of making me nervous. Yeah, it looks like it's supposed to break towards the end of next week and be sunny for the eclipse. But weathermen are always wrong, so you never know. Yeah, boy. After this trip, I had, oh my goodness. Well, last but not least, we have uh, Brand Lemaitre, and he's coming to us from Denver, Colorado, as is Ian. Uh, Brand, how are you doing this evening? Good, Jeff. How are we doing? I'm doing fine. Good, and I'm glad. Uh, uh, are you ready for the uh, start of the 2017 football season? Oh, you bet, Jeff. Pretty excited. All right. Well, I tell you what, guys, um, the elephant in the room is with the start of the 2017 season, uh, looking back at the 2016 season, uh, we've had a couple of things going on. First of all, they unfortunately lost the last three games, that's including the bowl game, which they almost redeemed themselves against hated BYU. But they also uh, have had several of their starters leave, uh, notably um, uh, uh, Tanner Gentry, receiver, uh, Jacob Hollister and um, 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 Jacob Malhart, um, Jake Malhart. So uh, that's going to be a factor. And then, of course, Brian Hill uh, went early to the NFL. So first of all, let's go around the horn, uh, starting with uh, Ian. Uh, what is your feelings about the 2017 season as we start? Well, I'm pretty optimistic about it, just the fact that I think that the program's been developing incrementally under Bull, and and we were a pretty young football team last year, 
and I think another year of the majority of the the roster coming back this year, I think that seasoning is really going to help. Uh, there are some positions that need to be replaced. Um, feel like recruiting is continually uh, picked up uh, as each year went forward. So when that when you couple that in, uh, there's going to be some players who need to step in. But I do believe that the talent level is getting better in the lower classes. And then I think with the more seasoning of the football team, add some key positions like uh, defensive tackle, secondary, offensive line. And of course, Josh Allen should be more of a seasoned quarterback. I think the Cowboys are uh, going into the season with a lot of high hopes. Well, Ian, you're always the rosy uh, glasses guy, you know, and, and I appreciate that. Uh, anybody there uh, not as enthusiastic uh, about Ian, about the season? Anybody want to throw in here? I'll throw in a comment, Jeff. Just, uh, um, you know, uh, I pretty much agree with Ian right across the board on that. You know, there, you know, it's always those intangibles that you never know what might happen. The bottom falls out in all the wrong places at all the wrong time, and I still think that this is a bowl-eligible team. If everything goes great, you know, I, 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 yeah, I'd love to say, oh, yeah, we can go unbeaten, you know, undefeated, but you know, in reality, there's very few college teams that ever make it, no matter how stout they are, through the entire season unbeaten. So, you know, a replica of last year's win total or better is, is I think, a, a pretty much within the realm of what I'd like to, to see, and I feel pretty good about being there with that. Let's just hope that a couple of those things that you really can't control sometimes, injuries and um fluke plays that turn in favor. So let's hope that ball bounces our way and that the prognosis goes just like what I said, top notch. Well, I, I unlike you, I, I think that uh, Wyoming can replicate the uh, record. Uh, they do have some challenges there um, in the conference. I mean, we're going on the road to that stupid blue carpet in Boise. So uh, we haven't had any luck there. So they're going to have to turn their, uh, uh, turn their luck around there, and um, we've got, um, I don't know, we've got uh, Air Force, I guess we're going on the road there, and um, uh, they could be a challenge. Uh, fortunately, we're bringing CSU, the sheep, up to us, so uh, I, th I think that they can replicate uh, next year, but they're going to have to, they can't stumble against those teams, and then uh, we've got a couple of really strong um, uh, uh power five or big boys or whatever you want to call them teams uh, in Iowa and Oregon. How about you, Brand? Uh, are you positive? Are you neutral or are you negative? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely positive. And I think, you know, uh, these guys have said it all that, um, you know, the win total like last year is certainly within the realm of possibility, uh, you know, even, even better. Uh, than that, um, you know, I think that, again, it's a, it's definitely a, a bowl eligible team, you know, capable team this year. And, you know, when, when I was at the spring game and I looked at the roster, um, you know, <laughs> we're still very, very young. And, and what's encouraging to see is, you know, bowl you know, really believes in developing players, and you see, um, you really see, um, 
you really see um, you know developing players and and you know that that second uh, you know season under bowl with the, the you know two and ten record you know it paid dividends in the long run and we're we're seeing how that works out now oh, I agree uh, that's um, uh, a good sign I mean bowls on the right track he's the man and uh, uh, I think that we've seen a, a an increase in the talent level. Uh, I think uh, I think you're right there. Uh, what about uh, our strengths? Uh, anybody got any ideas about what the strengths are of this team going into the 2017? I'll chime in there on that. Um, you know, with 14 starters returning, um, barring any injuries heading into the camp or the out of camp, and then also having four home games in a row in September, I think that plays to a strength. To where there's no, I mean, there's a great chance they could be five and zero or at least four and one heading into October into a bye week, and I think I know I know we've all been there before at four and one, thinking we're ready to go to the Fiesta Bowl or something like that. But at the same time, I really think that plays into our strength and the part of the schedule that that you know is crucial. You have to split on the road at Utah State and Boise State. I think that's the swing part of the schedule. Then after that, I think everything can go in our favor because game times are favorable for home. Only the second time in history of the program, they have over 10,000 season tickets. That means good crowds should be there, 20-plus for every game. Um, and, of course, Oregon will be a sellout, and CSU will probably be a sellout. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's good points. Um, I, I, I think that, uh, A, the number one strength, is of course Josh Allen, and uh, uh, he is uh, the he's going to carry this team in my opinion uh, as far as he can take it. Uh, this is because of the uh, we've got a bunch of uh, newer players that are coming into these positions, starting for the first time. But um, you know we kind of had that situation a little bit last year with him being a, a first time starter, so. I agree. I think there's a lot of strings there. Anybody got any um, concerns or weaknesses? Uh, now, for me, um, I'm worried about uh, the defense overall because they had problems stopping the run, but uh, I'm hopeful that there'll be improvements there. Anybody else? Well, the injuries are always uh, you know, a concern because you never know what's going to happened uh with the injury bug if josh allen was to go down you know i think nick smith would actually come and do a, a fairly solid job but if this team can stay uh, you know injury free or relatively injury free i really do think that the first line players are very competitive i think on the interior this year i think with the defensive line and the offensive line is really where you're going to see the big improvement with this football team this year with with a lot of players returning i think they're getting bigger and stronger so we can just keep health you know to a certain level um that's going to be a big part because when you go through a long football season you just know what's going to happen sometimes with the injuries across the board well yeah injuries is the big um the big question mark, um, but you always have injuries every year. Uh, sometimes it's horrific. Sometimes it's not so bad, but you always have them. So uh, our depth, we, this team has a lot more depth in a lot of positions than they've had in the recent past. So uh, that's a good thing too. Uh, we've got choices at center now, looks like. Uh, we've got uh, some depth in um, 
uh, linebacker. Uh, looks like there's uh, that's going to be, and we definitely have a depth in the secondary. And uh, on the offensive side as well, the uh, uh, wide receiver core is uh, pretty extensive. Uh, but uh, that being said, we start off on the road and against a Big Ten, uh, I don't know if you'd call them a power, but they're certainly not the weakest team in the Big Ten, and that's the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, so what do we know about Iowa? Anybody's been Has anybody been studying them? Well, I looked at, looked at a couple of magazines on them, and, you know, they're picked fifth in their division. So, um, and there's only seven teams in each division. So they're not as deep as they've been before or as good as they've been before. And just looking at the first team selections, they have one guy on offense and one guy on defense is all. Um, so I don't think they're as deep as they, they've been. Um, obviously, it's going to be hot and humid on a Saturday morning in, in Iowa. There's no getting around that. And there's going to be a sold-out stadium. We know that. And um, But definitely, they're not as, as good as, they, as they've been. But we always know they have big physical offense and defensive lines. And well, that's something that has worn down the Cowboys in the past against teams like this. Well, they uh, they also have a running back by the name of um, Wadley, I think his name, uh, Akram Wadley. Uh, he's uh, pretty highly touted. So uh, he's going to be a challenge, I believe. Yeah, and what I'm looking at, he is a second-team selection preseason running back. Um, the other guys were uh, offensive linemen and a linebacker on the first team. But, yeah, definitely, they, have, they always have – Oops, we lost Brad. Uh, I mean, uh, we lost uh, Jared. Sorry about that. The The strength of Iowa has always been their offensive and defensive line. Well, yeah, Big Ten, they're going to be big. Uh, we may be um, – maybe we'll be a little faster than they will, uh, but they're going to be big. So the uh, thing that's funny about – and you mentioned the humidity. Uh, I've been to several games where the humidity was high, Uh you know, down in Texas. Uh, one, I went to set a couple of games down in Texas, um, other places. And for whatever reason, Wyoming seems to handle the, um, the humidity uh, pretty well. And I'm just wondering if that's a function of uh, training in high altitude. Personally, I think it's the medical staff taking care of them and, and preparing them, making sure that they're hydrated going into it and hydrated during the contest itself. That's true. They've always seemed to do pretty well. You were saying someone else was saying? Yeah, I, I you know, the only thing I would add to that is, uh, you know, as a casually, uh, that as a, as a former, you know, competitive cyclist at the, at the pro-am level, what I always found is, um, uh, you know, I could go down to, you know, you know, like sea level or, or lower elevations, but with higher humidity and being used to a dry climate in Colorado and Wyoming and, and higher elevation, I could actually, uh, I actually felt pretty good, but that only lasts for so long. So it's kind of like you get in and get out quick. <laughs> and you know um but you know but athletically and physically you actually you know in some cases you you actually adapt a lot better you know i don't know 
you know, I can't really put my finger on it, but, you know, I think the combination of a high altitude training, you know, that, and that's something, you know, that with, I would say under, under bull is something that, you know, he is using to his advantage, the high altitude, you know, um, you know, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense that, you know, like say under Christensen or even under Glenn at, at some, some points that the Wyoming team was being out, you know, you know, manhandled out at home, at home against a team that's coming from like, you know, a, a, a much lower elevation, right? I mean, it just, that doesn't make any sense, but I think Ball gets it. And he knows he can use the altitude to his advantage. Well, another thing that Bowl does that um, I uh, agree with, and it, some people call it boring football, but he he really likes the grind out style. And uh, the longer he can keep the football uh, in the offense's hands, the longer they can stay on the field, uh, the better it is. Uh, if you look back in his um, uh, North Dakota State days. Uh, that that time they beat uh, Kansas State, uh, they ground Kansas State down into the ground in the fourth quarter. And that defense was just exhausted because uh, North Dakota State was able to stay on the field. And uh, that is something that I think that um, uh, Bull uh, really tries to strive for. So uh, that's something that... Uh, the Iowa fans were talking about that. Uh, and they lost to North Dakota State last year. And uh, so uh, they're worried about bull ringing that same kind of system in. So um, uh, that'll be interesting. Jeff, I did a little uh, um, reading up, been trying to follow a little bit of stuff with Iowa and of course yeah, I don't take a whole lot of stock in any of the reports on opening day camp. One of the reporters kind of tongue in cheek was um, relating the opening day practice to like a scene in Caddyshack or whatever and basically implied you know that the uh, opening day looked about as good as the pool scene at the end of Caddyshack. You know the 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 baby Ruth bar floating in the pool or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, I kind of found that to be a little humorous, but you know, one thing that plagued Iowa last year, they really weren't a bad team, but they just couldn't score points on a dependable basis. Their, their offense seemed to be stagnant. They fired the OC. They brought in the new OC. The o new OC is uh, the head coach's son. And supposedly they're, you know, they're, they're questioning the quarterback's ability to deliver the ball to the receivers, you know, but they know that they have one of the premier O-lines supposedly in the Big Ten. And, um, and so they're supposedly bringing in a two tight end set and going to punch it up your gut. You know, basically a lot of the ways that we're talking about um, wear you down and stuff, especially behind a good solid O-line. As far as size goes, it depends on execution. You know, you remember Mississippi coming into Laramie. Those boys were big, and our boys look small, but we just flat out outplayed them, out-athletic them, you know, whichever way you want. So, you know, this could be an opportunity that if we come in and we play a focused defense, 
we might be able to snag this game because if they're trying some stuff on offense and they aren't executing it good and we disrupt their game plan, and, and of course that means likewise, we can't have them doing that to us. We gotta be able to come in and take advantage of Josh Allen's strength and even with our newbies and find a way to expose deficiencies that they might have. And, and so yeah, I believe it's gonna be a tough battle and it could come down to one of those where do which team wears out as the game gets into its final stages. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, Wyoming, when they play these big teams, these big national teams, uh, a lot of times uh, they just get behind too quickly. You know what I'm saying? They just can't come back. They get they get down, and it's hard to come back. So they've got to pace themselves and uh, – stay with and exceed uh, uh, Iowa, like you said. So uh, they've got a new quarterback and they've got a new system. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Bowl and his coaches uh, know that. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see how they approach this. Um, in terms of um, uh, calling for uh, a prediction, uh, let's go around the horn, uh, starting with Ian. What's 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 your uh, score prediction? Well, I, I remember the game against Nebraska last year where I thought we really uh, stayed with Nebraska physically and made plays for three quarters, and then we started turning the football over in the fourth quarter. Josh Allen started making mistakes, but we were right in that game at Nebraska, and I can't imagine Iowa's going to be much better what Nebraska was last year um, with some of their issues. So I, I'm really expecting the Cowboys to be very competitive in this game. Uh, with the chance to win it and if we can get some turnovers that type of thing and not uh, falter like we did in the fourth quarter but I do believe we're a better team uh, going into that game than we were last year when we went into Nebraska I think we're a more developed football program um, I don't really want to make a prediction but I do think it's going to be a close competitive game and uh, we're not going to get blown out in in Iowa what about you Doug okay I'll just keep it short and simple UW 24, Iowa 20. All right. Then one of those close ones. Jared? 2014, folks. Okay. Brand? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of like Ian, but I like those, I like those scores that uh, were just mentioned there. You know, low scoring, but, you know, Pokes just edging them out on top. I'm like that. I'm I'm saying Wyoming by three, and uh, we'll uh, I won't I won't give you a score, but I think Wyoming is going to edge them out like you think, like you said. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, after spending uh, two weeks in Wyoming, fly fishing after the eclipse, I'm going to drive back uh, and stop off in Iowa City to see the game. So. Uh, this has all been a, a massive planning effort on my part to make sure that all this timed out. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, uh, hopefully um, uh, I have a I have about a 50-50 record with my um, attending away games. So <laughs> I'm hoping I'm a, I'm hoping I'm on the upside this time because, uh, you know, I've, all the Texas game, every game we've played in Texas that I went to, they lost. So, you know, I never want to play in Texas again. Um, 
And I've also took my cousin with me, which I think he's the jinx. So uh, I told him that if I ever come to a game in Texas, <laughs> he's never coming with me again. Yeah. And uh, but, so, you know, I don't know if it's me or not, but I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. So, um, moving. so is that to say, Jeff, you were at the Texas State game where they had the the, the lightning delays? And I was there. All of that. Oh, and boy. Cousin Greg was with me. And poor Cousin Greg, he gets the blame. But uh, he was with me when we went to Texas A&M and got our shorts blown off. Um, he was with me uh, for the Texas State game. And he went with me to the TCU game when we played down there. Um, uh, that wasn't, I don't think it was a blowout, but it wasn't great either. Uh, well, I, I just remember watching that game and, you know, you know, thinking, okay, you know, they could use the, the delay to their, you know, try to use it to their advantage and, you know, um, you know, just try to wear those guys down. And then, like the wheels fell off. Well, and uh, I just remember after sitting there after that game on the couch and I had the worst, you know, I was at my utter low as a Cowboy fan after that game. I, that was like, you know, that was a pivotal moment in, in fandom for me, I have to say. Well, we went there. That's all on. Sorry, that's all on Dave Christensen there. So that's enough said about that game. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing about it that really got me is, you know, we were in the second quarter. Uh, we were driving uh, for another score. Uh, we were doing pretty good against them. I mean, they were, they were, uh, they were a good um, uh, Sunbelt team. I mean, you know, that, that uh, we should have handled them. But when they, when they took us out, or took them off the field, and we had that, I don't know, three-hour delay. I don't know how long it was. It was, it was forever. Torrential rain, lightning. The guys sat in the um, visitor locker room with no air conditioning. Uh, and I was, <laughs> I, I said, you didn't air condition the visitor's locker room? And one of the Texas State guys I know goes, yeah, well, uh, we had to cut back on some of the, something in the stadium. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so you go and you go and you sit in the air conditioned bus. Yeah, I guess. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, I, it's not rocket science. Well, I did not. I did not watch the Cowboys come out. By that time, my dad was disgusted and wanted to go uh, <laughs> go home. So. Uh, we drove back, and I listened to the game on the radio, driving back to where my dad lived. And uh, that um, old Texas boy announcing team, you know, well, looks like the Cowboys have kind of lost all their juice, you know, and that kind of thing. And it's just like, oh, shit. It was miserable. Yep. I tell you, that was terrible. So, yeah, thanks for that well, memory. Well, hopefully, hopefully that's, that's behind us now. Well, now... Conversely, I was at Tennessee when we won that one. So, <laughs> so I've got a record on both sides of the both sides of the ball here, you know. Um, and isn't that where uh, we had that quarterback uh, Zutstrom or something? Yeah, Stutzrum. Stutzrum. Yeah, he was a big boy, six seven or something. Yeah. 
He was huge. Well, what was funny about yeah. <laughs> you know what's <laughs> funny about that huge. game? Oh, he was massive. Uh, and even the Tennessee uh, fans that were behind us were were like going. He would stand in the pocket and he would have balls dripping off of him, right? And he would still complete the ball. They go, why can't they tackle the guy? It's just one guy says it's like tackling an oak tree. Shit, he just stands there and <laughs> has people <laughs> hanging all over him. And, and uh, boy, they, yeah, their team. What was funny about that? Their team swore that they were going to win the last one for Phil Fulmer. You know, he was having a bad year. That's then. right. And they were going to win. Well, it. he got fired after that. After that season. Right. Well, they already announced that he was fired before the game. Oh, okay. So you know, there was that. So the team had this thing, and we're going to win one for the coach. You know, and uh, well, they didn't. Of course, our coach got fired too. Yeah, Joe Glenn got fired too. So, so yeah, <laughs> it was a, a battle of the hopeless, I guess. I don't know, but they were <laughs> they were just sucking wind, and a hundred and four or five thousand people crammed into that place. That is the quietest one hundred thousand person crowd I have ever heard at the end of that game. We walked out of there with our brown and gold on, and I was like, I told my son. Don't say anything. Don't look anybody in the eye. Just be polite and let's walk out of here. We are seriously oh, outnumbered here, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, boy, I don't know. That was so that was so that was that's on the top of my memory list as far as Wyoming games that I remember. Uh, that that's that's right in the top ten. That might be number two, uh, as far as I'm concerned, because that was just amazing. So, so, um, what are we, uh, let's see, I got, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask it, we're talking about the first game and how the season's going to go. Uh, the elephant in the room is, is Josh Allen and all the hype that he's gotten this year. I don't think we've had a Wyoming player, at least in my memory, get all this national pub before a, um, before a season. And uh, I just wanted to go around. Uh, what do you guys think? Will it go to his head? Uh, does it? What does it mean to the pokes? Uh, is it going to? Um, you know, is it, how do you think that this hype is going to affect him? I'll throw it up. Well, my the- personal opinion is I, I think just talking to some people in the athletic department, uh, Josh seems to have been very level-headed to this point. Um, I think he's very hardworking. He knows he has a big goal ahead of him. And I just think this is a great opportunity for the Wyoming football program to really start grinding out there and actually begin to get some really a good national exposure as the season goes on. So instead of working uphill to get that exposure throughout the season, this could be a great opportunity that that momentum's already in place. I think the football team understands that. And uh, with Coach Bowl, he is, a, I think, a very stable uh, person uh, and coaching staff, and I think that's going to help. Uh, get through this process. So it's not really from my standpoint, uh, too big of a concern how that's going to affect this team or Josh Allen. Well, you better yeah, I'll chime in. I'll chime in as well. I actually had lunch with Kevin McKinney yesterday, the legend. And that question did come up and he said that he is the most level-headed guy that he's ever seen in that, in that type of a position, um, being a team leader and getting all this recognition. Now, does it continue because of all the interview requests that he's getting? 
who knows, but right now he's handling it well. Um, he had a nice little break um, after the Mountain West media days to, to get away from the national media side of things, um, asking him all the questions, but now it's just the local folks. But at the same time, um, once he gets into game weeks, you know, he's going to have every day, he's going to have media requests, not only from the visiting team media, the home team media, but national media as well. And as, if he has good success against an Iowa and there's a realistic possibility of game day coming to Laramie for Oregon game, who knows what's that going to do? I mean, there's a lot of pressure on 18 to 22-year-old kids all of a sudden, and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, uh, uh, an average person, I don't know uh, how they could handle it, but I agree with you. He's he's pretty level-headed. I, I um, uh, The thing that we're going to really need from him besides great quarterback play is leadership and how he handles it and how he uh, directs the team is going to be key here. And uh, this is this is going to be a great study in, in how somebody handles uh, – that kind of pressure. Uh, Jeff, I gotta, I gotta jump in here and make a comment here. Um, as far as Josh, what does he mean? Well, I believe he's gonna show he's the big time leader that he's being portrayed to be. And what's gonna happen, he's gonna be in everybody else's head. The reason why I say that is, um, I got a couple of buddies here that I run with all the time. They're big time Iowa fans. I mean, this one guy's got a custom $10,000 golf cart all embroidered with Iowa leather and all that stuff. <laughs> These guys are talking, you guys got this quarterback that's going to be the top NFL pick. I mean, if, if fans like that are concerned because they've heard that hype, you know the other team's going to be aware of that too. Now, can we protect our guy so that he can deliver? Because, you know, if he has to fold like a cheap tent because the line's a sieve, then, then yeah, he's not going to look like he's delivering or being that leader that we expect. But we give him any iota of an opportunity, he will take advantage of it and he will make you pay. And so I believe he's going to be in other people's heads until, until they remove him from their head. Well, yeah, he's he's got. I looked at. Um, I've been watching some of the games from last year uh, on YouTube, uh, and uh, boy, he he was running for his life a lot, but he had the ability to escape and then uh, throw downfield, or to run. So uh, that is in his favor. Now, like you said, if he gets if he gets any kind of protection, uh, Katie bar the door. I think. Uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, well, if you go on the, I go on the Hawkeye Report, that's the uh, rivals board for Iowa, and uh, there's a lot of guys there that recognize that he's going to be a great player, but they're, they're pinning their hopes on the fact that uh, he doesn't have Gentry, Hollister, Mulhart, he doesn't have uh, Hill, so they said, well, he lost a lot of his great players you know and these guys that are coming behind him aren't going to be as good i don't know uh if if he's any kind of leader uh i think he'll have his um at least his receiving core in shape uh, what do you guys think well um you know i i just read a a, a, a bowl quote i think it was actually ian's article <laughs> um but uh it was uh 
you know, Bowl was basically saying that, you know, Josh didn't just sit around this summer, you know, and he worked with his receiving, you know, core and, uh, and, you know, uh, uh, Johnson, I think, and, uh, you know, Conway. And I think uh, we got Price. Is that right? Price, yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, I think Josh Allen, you know, he he strikes me as the kid that you know he's not he's not sitting around he's working hard and you know i think he's probably pushing you know these up and coming receivers you know to uh you know to get in there and and work with them and get that get that timing down i mean <laughs> you got another fan there. yeah i got i got my i got my crew here in my uh man cave they think they think that uh my little tough shed that's my little sanctuary is is their uh is theirs too so well, um, that's all right. but anyway <laughs> anyway um yeah i just think that uh you know josh allen strikes me as pretty level-headed kid who's um for all you know and from what i can tell you know he's got a you know a good family you know backing him up and uh you know, keep him, keep him grounded. And, you know, I think we'll be all right. You know, you mentioned the family. I was really impressed in a couple of articles that I read about him. Uh, you know, when he was trying to make that decision, whether to go in, uh, go up for the draft this year or to come back to school and his father, uh, uh, mentioned that, or they mentioned about his father. He said, he told his son that he didn't, he didn't. Uh, he didn't agree with that, but he was going to let his son make his own decision, and uh, I think that kind of family uh, uh, support is really helpful, and you know, not pressuring him one other way. Because Josh finally came to the to the uh, conclusion that he needed that one more year, and I think we all agree that he needed the one more year, and uh, so uh, I'm really uh, happy that his family didn't try to fill his head like uh, some other quarterback families that we've had <clears throat> that uh, <laughs> I won't name any names, but um, uh, uh, they seem to have gotten influenced by their families in the other way. So uh, that, is, uh, that is really uh, something special, I think. So uh, we're talking about Gentry, Mallhart, and Hollister being gone, but uh, – He's also got to turn around and hand that football off, and Brian Hill's not going to be back there. So, uh, who uh, who do you think uh, is uh, uh, going to come out, uh, break out in that position this year? Well, my guess would be it's going to be a little bit of a back by committee, a combination of uh, three or four running backs throughout the season. Um, right now, it seems like it's a pretty uh, even battle. Uh, starting with Milo Hall, Nico Evans, Kellen Overstreet still come back from his knee injury, obviously. So what I'm seeing is probably more of a mix of a, a running attack with those three guys. Uh, and uh, really it's going to come down this year is how that offensive line can continue to develop and block and open holes uh, for these guys. I think Milo Hall has some dynamic uh, running capability with him. Um, I would put him as a lead back, but I, I always thought Kellen Overstreet was a, player that had the ability to really jump up uh, if he can get back to 100%. Well, um, I hope you're right. I, it's going to be really hard to replace Hill. I mean, he was special. 
and he obviously was special because now he holds the running back uh, uh, yardage record. You know, he's the number one running back in the history of Wyoming football. So, yeah, that's not easily replaced, but I think you're right. Uh, running back by committee, um, especially in these first couple of games to see who's uh, uh, who's going to do it for you. I mean, if you think back to Hill, Hill didn't come in until his freshman year uh, in the, I guess it was the Fresno game where he broke out. Uh, you know, I think he had three touchdowns. So uh, hopefully we see something like that where a guy uh, emerges and uh, uh, takes a hold of the position and owns it. So, uh, well, um, you know what? I wanted to ask you guys another thing. Um, we have, like, weren't you telling me, Ian, that we have 13? Was that you that was telling me we have 13 pokes? Uh on uh, the NFL rosters right now, trying to make the teams? That is correct. We have 13 uh, guys in NFL rosters. That has to be one of the highest amounts that I can remember. Of course, as Jared said before the telecast started, that he said it's just day one uh, with these preseason games. But if you're sitting there watching the first week of the preseason, there's a lot of Wyoming uh, players out there making plays. Uh, Ryan Yarbrough had a couple sacks. Um, Tanner Gentry, I think, is actually in right now playing against the Broncos. Uh, Jacob Hallster had a couple of receptions. So it's, it's exciting to see a lot of these guys starting to emerge, uh, you know, NFL camps because it wasn't so long ago where we didn't have a whole lot of guys out there in those camps. But we'll have to see how the, the whole preseason materializes as we get through the uh, part of the preseason. But I think we'll have a, a good representation in NFL this fall. Well, you know, you well, look something at to think. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, something to think about. Six of these guys are off of last year's roster. And Mulhart's not even one of them. So <laughs> you consider the talent that was lost off of last year's roster. And one of them that I think we've, we've missed talking about is Chase Roulier. Oh, yeah. Um, get, getting reps with the Redskins tonight in the number one team. And from what I'm seeing on Twitter, he's getting a lot of accolades talking about how he's uh, manhandled taking care of the call on the defense. So, or, you know, for the offense. So I, th I think that's one place that Wyoming does need to uh, – replace obviously but um that's one thing that bowl's done has been able to develop that offensive line so i think the, the future looks good there for sure yeah and we've got well you've got um Przinski, he's with the uh bears he's a uh what four or five years now in the nfl maybe longer uh you got yeah Nick he's teammates with mitch unrine right. uh chicago and you got gentry at chicago so there's three former pokes uh, on the Chicago bears right now. So you got those guys that are veterans, which uh, uh, stand to, to, to still make the team uh, unless somebody uh, outdoes them. But um, yeah, you've got those guys. Um, what about uh, who is with the, um, uh, um, what, not, not the Bengals. Was it the Bengals? The um, well, safety. John Gibson, who's done a really good job uh, in the pros, uh, NFL. He's actually with Jacksonville now. He started off with Cleveland, and uh, he's been very solid. Uh, it's probably the one you're referencing. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. I'll go down the list real quick here, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, we already mentioned the three Bears, but Gibson's with the Jaguars. Hill, of course, with the Falcons. Hollister with the Patriots. Marquest and Huff and Eric and Zacha are with the Buccaneers. Mark and Zacha is with the Cowboys. 
uh, along with Lucas Waka, and then uh, Mike Purcell with the Rams, and then um, Eddie Yarbrough, of course, with the Bills that was already mentioned, doing some damage tonight on defense. Yeah, that's quite that's quite the list. And um, uh, uh, the um, the one with the Cowboys, and I can never Nasacha. Uh, he's been with them now for three years. They they kept him around even though he was injured. So they must uh, they must have a lot of faith in him. Uh, he's, yeah, and then it, then his little brother, you know, making the roster with the Buccaneers so far, and he he didn't play a whole lot at Wyoming. He's just kind of that uh, athletic freak of nature type of a guy, kind of like his brother Mark. Because Mark didn't play a whole lot at Wyoming either. He was you know he was banged up here and there that at Wyoming. Yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, great kids. And uh, the fact that uh, German nationals coming in and uh, playing college ball and now playing professional ball, uh, that is really phenomenal. So uh, uh, hopefully they have uh, good careers. Now, uh, you talk about Chase. Chase right here in my neighborhood. You know, I, I live 20, 25 miles south of D.C. And uh, actually, I live closer to where the um, uh, Redskins practice over in Ashburn. Virginia, that's where their um, that's where their uh, team headquarters is. I'm going to try and see if I can get an interview with him, um, and uh, talk about his experiences. So, I'll give the Redskins a call uh, on Monday or so, and and see if they'll let me uh, let me talk to him. I tried to do the same thing with uh, um, uh, uh, the kid from uh, Dallas um, and Nasacha. Uh, Nasacha, yeah. And uh, Dallas, their their public uh, publicist wouldn't even. What you got a podcast? Nah, you're not. We're not going to give him to you. He wouldn't even let me talk to him. Wouldn't even, you know. But I'm, <laughs> I have I have some real uh, choice words for him, but I won't put them on uh, put them on this recording. But uh, I thought that was pretty bush league, uh, just because we were from a podcast. They weren't going to let me talk to him. Nah. I guess we weren't NBC or CBS or whatever, or the New York Times or something like that, or Sports Illustrated. I guess we weren't big time enough for the Cowboys. Well, I hate the Cowboys anyway, so now I even hate them more. <laughs> the the Dallas Cowboys, excuse me. Uh, all right, guys. Well, I want to thank you. Um, this is our first Cowboy Roundtable for 2017. And uh, we'll be... Uh, coming back here next week. I hope to have some of you back. Uh, if you've got the time, we'd really enjoy it. And uh, let's just go around the horn. Um, any last final thoughts? Uh, let's start with uh, you, Brand. Oh, just, again, just really excited about the season. I, you know, I think we have a unique opportunity to go, you know, bowl eligible twice, you know, you know, back-to-back years. And, you know, there's just, there's just a lot of upside going on right now in uh, in uh, the Wyoming Cowboys. So, yeah, should be a fun year. And uh, can't wait to, uh, you know, get to the border war in, uh, in Laramie and see the how the uh, new uh, high-altitude training center is coming along. You know, things are, things are just looking up. No, definitely. How about you, Jared? Any final thoughts? Uh, I agree. I think it's going to be a back-to-back bowl uh, deal here, and um, eight, nine wins is not out of the question, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, one thing that we missed talking about, I think, is 
And I think one of the most crucial positions in the entire coaching staff is the strength and conditioning coach. And Coach Dennison's no longer with the staff. And I, they, they seem to be doing good so far through two days, but I think it's a wait to be seen type of a deal on how it's going to carry on throughout the season. That guy has to be taken a lot of credit for where the pokes are right now. And all the media stories or the media story that was out there was totally false. And Coach Bull and Tom Berman made a comment about that. So it, it, it's sad that he's gone, but at the same time, they need to move on and hopefully they find a uh, replacement that's just like him because I know Coach Bull wants to clone somebody that was just like him on, as a coach. Yeah, that was an unfortunate uh, thing, but you got to move on. I mean, uh, uh, next man up. So hopefully, like you said, we find somebody in his caliber because he was a good one. Uh, Doug, how about you? What's your final thoughts? Well, when I take a look at this, this team is obviously very young again. And we don't see the same kind of numbers in the senior class as we saw that left last year. You know, and I know that's been one of the questions that you've posed is, is will we miss some of those guys? So you bet you're going to miss them. But, you know, that's part of reloading the program is, is maybe you don't replace them exactly, but you get people to step in and perform as to the expectations that they need to that give you the opportunity to win. So, you know, with with uh, 10 players on the roster listed as seniors, the key part's going to be is the junior and sophomore class. And um, with uh, the junior class being the original first class um, that um, Bull had, plus any red shirts that were around when he came in, um, that class is actually quite big. And so we're going to have to look for players that really emerge from that junior and sophomore class. Plus, um, what about all the red shirts from last year? You know, Bull said last year's recruiting class was fairly stout. And, and uh, he's always had a few true freshmen come in and play. So, you know, we might be in for some surprises. And let's hope that those surprises are the more favorable ones that tip the scale in the favor of wins instead of like, ah, we got so close, but we still missed because we just didn't make this one play or make that one play and we're in position to do it. And that's sometimes the aches and pains of having the, the youth on the team, but we're seeing the nucleus of something bigger to come and build and go forward from here. And, and uh, I'm just really optimistic going in that uh, we played with 26, freshman last year and um, then um, you know a lot of those guys they have that one year of experience you know whether it be four games or eight games you know they're they're going to be able to step in and they know what it's all about it's more than just practice it's big time game live in person all right yeah well i'm uh, i'm right i'm with you on that one so i am uh, you're the man. You're the publisher. Uh, I'm giving you the last swing at the swing at the ball here. Well, I you know I just believe the incremental uh, program that Bull and his staff has put in the play. I just think there's a lot of exciting things going on uh, with Wyoming with the ticket sales, with the new additions of these facilities. I do believe in his blueprint, and I've always been confident when the, even where they're at two and ten a couple years ago that they were building, the process was heading the right direction. And I just expect things to continue to get better 
going forward with this program. And Wyoming has been a very young football team uh, last couple years. They were even young last year, and they are young. But also, I know that Bowl feels like his recruiting classes have gotten uh, better. So players are going to have to step up. I'm, ex I'm with Doug on this. I think there's going to be some players that are going to really step up and surprise and uh, become really good players by midseason that maybe some people aren't expecting. Um, so it's a very exciting time. We got uh, a great opponent coming in with Oregon. We have our Colorado State uh, border war rival coming in. This is a chance to be in attendance breaking season for Wyoming football. Looks like it's headed that way. If Wyoming can, the football team can keep winning and having success, I think we'll uh, definitely set an attendance record this year. Well said. Well said. Well, gentlemen, it's that time. So let me go over here to the refrigerator and... Ah, there you go. So, this is the way I always end my shows. I'm having a nice cold one, so. So, there you have it. This is the first Wyoming Cowboy Football Roundtable of 2017. And I want to thank all of my guests for joining me. And uh, hopefully next week uh, we'll get, uh, get you back and we'll talk some more and have some more things to talk about. So, gentlemen, let's take this out the right way, okay? This has been the Wyoming Cowboys Football Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry, along with Ian McMacken. This has been a Jackalope Ridge Media Production. Jackalope Ridge Media, 2017, all rights reserved.